Breakaway Beauties. We'd like to thank Mercedes-Benz in Nashville for letting us use the conference room to record. If you guys don't remember who we are, because it's been a while, I'm Cameron Martz, and I'm here with Abby Miles and Abigail Martin. Hey, guys. <laughs> so, like I said, it's been about three months since we recorded our last podcast, which means the playoffs have already happened. So, we're just going to do a little recap, because obviously, I'm pretty sure a bunch of you guys know what truly happened, but we're just going to give a little recap, so... Why don't you start us off, Abigail? Well, the most important recap, I believe, would be, well, the Predators didn't exist, and that's all there is to it. And the brackets all around the table were definitely messed up. You have uh, Tampa going out, Columbus going to the second round. That was pretty cool. Sweeping. Some yeah, Tampa that as well, that as well. And the St. Louis Blues, the team that nobody expected to even make it to the playoffs, comes out with the title victory. Uh, I, for one, was uh, surprised about the Caps and the Kane series. I actually put the Canes in seven just as like a joke because I never expected the Canes to get out of the first round, but it ended up working. Um, the biggest surprise was obviously Tampa and Columbus. Columbus was definitely the underdog, and they came out and they swept Tampa, and everybody's bracket was broken. I don't know one person that didn't pick Tampa to at least go to the conference final. I think the only brackets that actually survived were the ones that were the – not gonna happen like crazy yeah. brackets you know, that's how I, that's honestly how I always do my brackets I love an underdog story so I I had Tampa coming out but I had them going down in the second um I had Canes winning uh, I def I had the Preds over the stars who really what me. Preds fan but didn't... I mean they talked about it on 102.5 and people were saying people are gonna hate me for this Preds fans are gonna hate me for it but I can see if it doesn't turn in that favor right. which I mean Whatever. I don't want to talk about the Preds, but I always go for the underdog story. So I was okay. I was okay for a little bit anyways. And then you hit third round and I was done. Honestly, I was – obviously I was surprised by Columbus, but I was also surprised by Pittsburgh. I was not expecting (laughs) them to get swept. I really wasn't. I mean, I was expecting them to go out in the first round. I had them – I had the Islanders moving on. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't expecting a sweep. Right. I'm not complaining. No, I'm not either. (laughs) Bye. Yeah, you always expect them to fight harder um, than they did. But the Blues story is second to, of course, um, the Preds making it to the final in 2016-2017. But last in the league in January, Jordan Bennington, rookie goalie, just comes in just to try it out and ends up taking and carrying that team to the cup final, breaking numerous amounts of records. And it's great for St. Louis I ended up going to a couple I think I went to two St. Louis playoff games and that crowd that crowd's something and it definitely reminded me of the Preds Penn series and how the crowd like was so into it and it was really interesting to see that whole city just adapt into that uh, atmosphere it was fun I mean who can really blame them they haven't been in the playoffs for or the final for so long 50 what was it 50, 49 years 49, 49 right, something years. like that. 49. Never had a Stanley Cup final win. Swept each time. Because, <laughs> I mean, y'all saw how excited, like, just on Twitter, how excited they were just to get that first win. Yeah. That was already a lot. And to be able, I you know, I'm still wrapping my head around, I know I keep mentioning this, every podcast, I think, but your fighting, your team, your chemistry is not there at all. Like, I can't, I'm still trying to comprehend as an athlete how on your team, you go from hating each other in practice, going at each other physically, and being able to get it all together, sort it all out, and you come out with that win. Because they were also rock bottom on their team and statistically. That still blows my mind, and I don't know when it's going to hit me, but 
Good for them. That just shows how, like, how when your chemistry is as off as theirs was, how tough it is in the locker room. Like, everybody is so pissed. They don't know why it's going on, and it just, it, it makes it hard on everybody. And speaking of the St. Louis Blues, we are joined today by Twitter sensation, Tony X. How you guys doing? (laughs) We're good, we're good. So let's just jump right into it, and how about you just give us a taste of what it was like going from not knowing anything about hockey, not even knowing hockey existed, to watching one Blues game and going absolutely viral. The thing is, I knew hockey existed, but I just never watched it. I like I, I would listen to sports radio and hear them talking about it. But I'm like, oh, that's not for me. So I wouldn't really pay attention. <laughs> but basically, I mean, the story is I was looking for a Cardinals game, but since it was the Blues, yeah, I, was, I was literally looking for a baseball game. But since it was the Blues playoff game, like the channel that switched, so I went to the channel and I see the Blues. And usually, I'm like, I'm not about to watch this. But I actually, I just sat there for like a minute. I'm like, this This is crazy. Like, why? What's going on? It's like, it was moving so fast. It was moving so quick. So then I just started tweeting about it. Because, like, nobody I really know. I don't even know how this blew up. Nobody I really even follow on Twitter at that time even tweeted about hockey. So I just started tweeting about hockey, and it just started blowing up. It was insane that night. Yeah, so being, like, a newer fan, how has your love for the sport of hockey grown over the last – like a year or so? It's, it's stressed me out. Like, it, <laughs> when I first started, like, it's the most stressful thing possibly in my life right now. Like, it, it gives me anxiety. Every time I'm watching a game, it gives me anxiety, especially when I have to face, like, a power play or something. Like, my heart rate just skyrockets. Welcome and to then, the like, club. Watching... <laughs> yeah, that's how you know you're a true fan is when it stresses you out. Yeah. I know. Like, like I'm watching other sports, and, like, it doesn't do that. Like, yeah, you get kind of nervous when you're watching other sports, but, like, when you watch a hot fight, they get a rebound or something or a power play. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to die. <laughs> you mentioned how crazy it was that first night that the tweets started rolling in and all the likes and all your all your uh, clout. But did you ever <laughs> did you ever expect it to blow up like it did? No, I just, I mean, because, like, the people that have been following me for years now, like I live tweet about almost anything, so that was just a just another night. I mean, I was just live tweeting when I was watching on TV. But I, I really I don't know who started it. I don't I want to know who was like the first person that retweeted that to made it blow up. But I still don't know to this day. But it it was insane. I don't know how that happened. Still. Yeah, by the time I retweeted it, I was definitely, like, in the thousands. Yeah. Like, by the time I was like, wait, this dude's kind of funny, and then I went on it, and I was like, oh, shit, this dude's kind of funny. <laughs> so, what's your what was like, what's your favorite memory being a Blues fan so far? Well, now that we won the Cup, it's definitely that. All right, subtract that. <laughs> um, besides that, I would say maybe the Winter Classic game. That was That was a pretty good game. I love that game at the Bush Stadium. That was amazing. Outside hockey is pretty good, too. I would say that. And possibly, I'll say my first game, too, when we destroyed the Dallas Stars. Those are my top two. After the Stanley Cup win. Yeah, it was definitely a good year for you to hop on the hockey bandwagon. So, obviously, your tweets went crazy. 
But what opportunities did that bring you? Like, I know you got in contact with a lot of people and they brought you to the Blues game, but what else were you given the opportunity to do? I was working with the Blues for a little bit, and I had a trip to the NHL award that, that didn't go too well. Wow. But, I mean, I just, I mean, just, um, I just made a lot of connections with a lot of people online, whether it be just local stations here, just, writers that sports writers are like I met a lot of cool people and I mean there's a lot of connections really that's the main thing so normally when people get into hockey and for the blues for you everybody finds a certain player that really attracts them and digs them deeper into the game and really find helps find their love for them do you have a, that kind of player for you my favorite I mean my favorite player is kind of wait first it was Ter- no wait first it was Ryan Ryan Reeves and they traded him. Then it was Tarasenko. <laughs> then it was O'Reilly. But I think I'm a, my, my favorite player right now is Bennington, hands down. Uh, that's probably going to be him for a long time. Yeah, Bennington. Just get nervous. Bennington <laughs> broke the rookie record that will never be broken again, which is insane to me. So did you yep, get – it could only be tied. Were you able to go to any of the Stanley Cup final games? Yes, I went to one. And it wasn't good, so I told myself <laughs> – I couldn't go back there anymore. I went to the first. I went to game three, which was the first Stanley Cup game in St. Louis in like 49 years, and they got destroyed, so I banned myself from going to any more games. Did you go to the parade? Yeah, I went to the parade. The parade was insane. It was raining for a bit, but the parade was insane. Like, everybody was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Just the whole thing was just drunk. It was amazing. It was one of the best moments of my life. What, what was probably your favorite memory from the parade? Because obviously with us, we haven't had the opportunity yet okay, wow, Cam. to celebrate that. <laughs> you didn't need to remind us. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> but what was your favorite memory from the parade? Yes, um, like, because I've been to, like, a, um, I've seen, like, the Cardinals parade, but, like, this parade, like, it wasn't just, like, the normal parade. Like, the guys weren't just riding on floats and just waving. They were, like, literally out running around on like little motorbikes drinking taking <laughs> shots basically they were like interacting with the crowd that was like the best part and also uh when Brett Hole was drunk giving his speech that was amazing too what was it like for you because you're going from not really knowing about hockey and then going full force into it and now with the Stanley Cup win but just for this season specifically what was it like seeing the Blues at such rock bottom and being able to come up on top did you ever have that sudden thought that they would make it into the playoffs itself and then even come out with a championship Uh, I mean I did because the team has a lot of talent it's just that we like we have a lot of talent with the forwards and the demons not saying that Allen is a bad goalie because he's above average but we needed that little spark and once uh, Jordan Benson came in and and lit that spark and played like he played I felt we had a chance I actually, I tweeted back in, like, January. I'm like, we need to start big, so we can go in the Stanley Cup round. It actually happened. It was great. Yeah, so I was about to ask about that. When you tweeted that out, was that just a, I'm just going to try and see what happens with this tweet, or was that an actual hot take? No, that was a, I, I, I believe that. I, I think I want to say it was, like, his first start after we played the Lightning, and we, like, we shut him out. Like, that was his first start. I'm like, Let's just start this, dude, too. I mean, cause with Allen, you, you know what you get. But we had no idea what Bennington was. Let's, right. And we were, like, in last place. Like, let's try it and see what happens. 
Right. And we tried it, and, and it happened, and we won. Right. Have you been able to travel to any other NHL arenas since all this has gone no. on? No. No, I want to go to Nashville, though. I mean, it's not that far of a drive. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nashville yeah, would wanna... definitely be happy to have you. Yeah, this seems like a fun – like, some people don't like the chance, but I like – I don't – I have no issues with the chance. I mean, it depends if you guys are beating us bad, then I might get kind of salty. But any other day, I mean, I, I like the chance. It's, it's fun. It brings something good to the arena, to be honest. Okay, well, you let us know, and we will get you down here as long as you can pay for All it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you can pay for it. We'll just be your host. We'll be your host. <laughs> we'll be your guides. Okay. I know, I know I'll know. i be up I'll be up in St. Louis for a couple of the Blues Preds game, and I'm sure – I don't know if you're going, Cam – or if you're planning on going this season. Pro- I might, you might. Probably not, though. But you should definitely head on down if you can. Yeah. you got to show them where all the best Nashville hot chicken places are. <laughs> we will. Pretty good, too. And I turn 21 <laughs> in March, so I can drink around Nashville. So that's what's important. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, well, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and join us and talk a little bit about the Blues and about your story. And congrats on winning the Cup. Hopefully soon. <laughs> I'm hoping and praying soon. It'll be the Preds. Yeah. We can share that. <laughs> Matt Duchesne will bring us the cup. <laughs> yeah, we just want to thank you after, for coming after on. Win a couple more. I'll let you guys have one. Do you think you guys are going to go back to back? I mean, the NHL is so different from any other type of league. I mean, you have you have no idea what's going to happen. To be honest, I mean, nobody thought we would win this year. So, I mean, I want us to, but we'll see. Uh, like NHL is so it's so random. Like whoever gets high in the playoffs, who knows? So what you're saying is the Blues were a fluke? <laughs> no, I'm saying that we were the we were the, we were the best team at, at the best time. But that's a that's a good way basically. to put it. Yeah, that's a good way to put best it. Best team at the best time. I, I I'll take that. But yeah, we just want to thank you for coming on. Um, hopefully you'll come to Nashville. But, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Do you guys have anything, last words to say to him? No, yeah. thanks for calling us and talking to us. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Let us know when you're in Nashville and we'll record again and we'll be in person so we can yell at you about the blues. And obviously get some chicken. Okay. And, yes, and obviously <laughs> get some chicken. Okay, that's perfect. All right, everybody, so that was Tony X. You can follow him on Twitter at Solo SoloCity. Um, let's get back to the Preds. Some pretty big – I'm just going to say it how it is. Some pretty big <laughs> just went down. <laughs> P.K. Subban was traded to the New Jersey Devils for two prospects. What do you guys What do you guys think about that? I'm okay with it. I really am. Um, at first, I wanted Taylor Hall because, I mean, who on, doesn't want right? Taylor yeah, Hall? Who, who doesn't want Taylor Hall? But when you think about it in a long-run sense, David Poyle didn't want Taylor Hall. David Poyle didn't want to pay Taylor Hall. He was wanting Matt Duchesne. And why would you need to pay someone? I mean, they're both young defensemen, 22 and 24. And that gives Dante Fabro the chance to shine. It really does. And with how he was playing the end of last year, end of last season, I think he's ready. I'm okay with PK being gone. I know a lot of y'all are so surprised by that one. But the reason the return was so small and – I don't think a lot of people understood this when the trade was announced because at first it was only PK has been traded. That's only that's the only thing that anybody knew. Right. And 
to see, and like you said, Cameron, you were thinking Taylor Hall, because why not? So you're thinking a big name, and then to all of a sudden, within five minutes later, you're hearing, for a lot of people, a nobody that's been known in draft picks. So the return was only for to get rid of PK's contract to open up Matthew Shane, as we've mentioned. But a lot of people were really upset by the return, but you have to think about it in the long run, like you said. And with Dante coming in, Dante really, the way he played at the end of the season, like you said, Poyle mentioned that that was a determining factor in getting rid of PK. Not because he is automatically that amount of skill level, but because the he can be groomed into it. And he can be coachable, he can really grow into that spot to be an elite defenseman later on in the year. Not in this year, but just throughout his career. Um, and it opened up a lot of things. It opened a bigger draft pool, which was a lot bigger than anybody expected, especially after last year. Um, I like the move because you get Duchesne, and Fabro's going to grow, and I'm super excited to see how he goes. Yeah. It David Poyle's the kind of guy, like, he's not going to trade a player that takes up that much cap space for another player that takes up that much cap space and a little more. I was going to say probably more. I yeah. Mean. And this, like you said, Abigail, it gives Dante Fabro so much room to grow and gives him the chance to have NHL experience more than he already has. Um, and it gives him the chance to play. It gets the Ekholm-Ellis pairing back together, if that's what they end up doing. And it puts Dante with Roman Yossi. And that, getting to play with a player and a veteran like Roman Yossi, a phenomenal defenseman as he is, that will do a lot for a guy like Bob Rowe. And you were mentioning D pairs with getting the two new guys from New Jersey. Matt Irwin and Yannick Weber's contracts. They have disintegrated. <laughs> Their contracts are done. So you need a third D pair. And that is where one of these young guys will come in. Yeah, and they're young. They have room to grow. And what a team to grow on with players like Roman Yossi, Matias Ekholm, who, for one, is one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. Um, it gives them a lot of time to learn and to grow, and I'm really excited to see how that goes around with them. So we were mentioning cap space and having to get rid of PK, um, but there's been so much happening, and now that the cap space is up to 81.5 mil, that gives them room to have signed Matt Duchesne, who was a free agent from Columbus. And, you know, I think all in all, it was a great move. David Poyle somehow managed to only get Matt Duchesne for a seven-year, $8 million contract, which me personally, I 100% thought he was going to go for more, which I don't really blame him. But his stats are good, and he can produce if he's on the right line. Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely came out of steel. If you looked at any NHL as free agency hits, you see the expected cap hit for that player. His was up in, I don't know, I want to say 9-10. Like, his was up there. And for him to sign for lower, not lower, I guess, but for him to sign with eight is incredible. It sh- I think that it shows that he wants to be here in Nashville and playing, which is a great sign, of course, and – Preds fans have been whispering about Matt Duchesne for a long time, like a good at least three years, and that's when everything really picked up and got serious. But, yeah, I think it's great that he signed for lower than expected because I really think that it's because he wants to be here and he would do anything to really show that he cares and that he gets the chance to be with the Nashville Predators. 
Yeah, I've been a fan of Matt Duchesne for as long as I can really remember. He was one of the first players that I understood outside of the Nashville Predators, and he was the player that I watched. And so I've really been a fan of him for upwards of like eight, nine years. And so this has been a really long time coming for me. Um, so to see him in a Preds jersey is really bittersweet, and I've been waiting for it for a long time. And I really never expected that it would happen. I always hoped, and I had hope, but I didn't want to get my hopes up just to – have them shattered every year but yeah and like I mentioned earlier with the cap space there's a lot of teams who are currently struggling like Vegas after signing William Carlson they didn't have any money like they were over we expected we expected this they got uneasy with the expansion draft and they just forgot about the fact that money is involved yeah and (laughs) they got rid of Belmare which was one of their best players and I figured he would be the one to stay but after you sign Carlson for an eight-year contract as big as it was I don't blame Vegas and there's also people like Toronto who are basically going to have three 11 million players because after they're going to have to my guess is that they're going to sign Mitch Marner Um, it's just a matter of time and honestly I could see a team doing an offer sheet why not Make not make it a little like spicy and Montreal <laughs> did it with Aho. Yeah. It didn't work, but they tried. <laughs> yeah, but I'm surprised they didn't go for more with Aho. Like Aho could go for more than five. Yeah, I think it was I definitely think he was the backup plan for Duchesne because for a minute, um, people were worried about Duchesne going to Montreal and as soon as that crashed, that's immediately when I saw the offer sheets like lining up. So that was interesting to see where he was gonna end up and eventually he did find his spot. But yeah. So, speaking of Matt Duchesne and the Preds aspect of it, he's obviously going to, first things first, be put on second-line center. Um, I'm guessing Granlund will be on one of his wings, but who would you guys want on his other? Would you want Smith, Turris? Obviously, Turris was a bit of a disappointment. I mean, so was Granlund, but he was still adjusting from being on a different team midseason, being ch- switched to a different one. But Turris showed up at the World Championships, but so does really every player. I don't – yes, I think Turris did great in the championships, but I think that's different stakes necessarily. Oh, very. Yeah. I would personally put Turris down on the third line just to kind of kind of wake him up a little bit, maybe even the fourth line, kind of be like, hey, you're getting demoted. Just... Turris and Watson, I like that. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> you do. Yeah. But I think Smith – deserves to be on the second line. I agree. What I'm nervous about is if you put Granlund, Duchesne, Smith on a line, you're putting three sh- three passers, you know? Like, you don't really see – obviously, Duchesne scores a lot of goals, but he's a playmaker, and so is Smith, and so is Granlund. And so I'm kind of I'm trying to wrap my mind around who's going to shoot the puck. <laughs> Would you guys put Grimaldi up there? I mean, Grimaldi and Sissons are about to go to arbitration. Yeah, we're waiting for arbitration, but... I would... Give, I think... Give Grimaldi the chance to move up? I would, I would put Sissons. That's what I was going to say. I'd Smith put Sissons, Sissons before Grimaldi. Obviously, give Grimaldi a chance. Of course. But I think Sissons deserves that. He, sh- he is... A workhorse. He has shown up. And he is one of the Preds' best players as of recent. And so I think he deserves to maybe get the chance on the second line. And to play with Duchesne, that is a big compliment. 
How opposed to the fact would you be of, of Watson on the second line? No, 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 not no. Opposed. Stay, stay <laughs> with me, stay with me, y'all. Also listening, stay with me here. But um, splitting up Jofa just for a minute, not for long, and as like a backup plan because I, I've talked about this before, but I would not be upset if Jofa was split up because what are the chances that instead of having Jofa your top line, your go-to? You separate that and you break them up into two lines and you have two lethal lines that will go out there and produce produce playmaking, get momentum. What are your thoughts? Are you opposed? I would keep – I haven't thought that much for it, but I would think that's, that's Arvidsson would stay so – I think Arvidsson would stay with Johansson because – They uh, have the – They have, have it. Forsberg, you can work. put – Forsberg, wherever you want to put him, will produce. He will continue his game. He is that player. So Arvidsson sticking with Johansson, I think, is a great idea. He's started to struggle as of late. So putting Forsberg with Duchesne is not a bad option at all, no, in like, my opinion. That's a good idea. Because, like, as I was just saying, that line right now with Granlund, uh, Granlund Duchesne, Turris, Smith, whatever, mm-hmm. those are passers. But you put you put uh, Forsberg on Duchesne's wing, like, Forsberg will shoot whenever he has a chance. <laughs> and he – Love that man. Like, that's not a horrible idea. I mean, I will say – It'd be heartbreaking to break up that line. Though. It will oh, of be, but then again, you have to look at Colorado. Colorado was in the same situation. Their first line was the scoring line, and they split them all up, and they turned into three goal-scoring lines. Right. Yeah. So maybe that could work for Jofa. I mean, obviously, with Colorado, they were with fifty yeah. goal scorers on one line, but. Maybe it could work. I feel like that's something that the Should Preds could try. Yeah, and I, I want to say really quick. I want to clarify. I do not think Jofa is undergoing any right. bad circumstances. Yeah. I want to clarify that as well. But it opens just because of the level of talent that they have. I am so okay with trying it out, just testing the waters. Maybe put your little foot in, get a little like, just try it just a little bit, um, see how it works. And if it doesn't work, Jofa. I mean, and figure out who's going to work best with Duchesne. And, of course, that's what you're going to find. Um, of course, we have our takes. But if it happens, I will be very excited to see how that out- outcome goes because if it works, it will work. If it, if they even <laughs> try to do it, that's a lot of movement, though, which is what I'm nervous about. That's Because fair. a lot of players have played on the same line for the entire season. They've played with the same players. Obviously, they'll move up lines, like, during games just to try it out and mix up the lines just because. But – the players are familiar with their spaces, and Jofa's been playing together for so long mm-hmm. that obviously they're capable of playing with other people, but their chemistry together is so it's strong now. And so um, it just it makes me nervous that it would break up something that would be really good. But, and that, if, but that's something that the Preds do at the beginning of the season. You're starting yeah, off the yeah, season, that's right. when you change the lines. Right. You don't do it mid-season when you're like... So when you're on a high run. do that. I don't know if they'd break up the Jofa line to begin off the season, you know? I mean, the beginning of the season is the best time to do it. Oh, so, oh yeah. you're 100% right, but would they do that yeah. at the beginning of the season? They haven't seen Matt Duchesne play on the second line yet. They don't know if they need to. I'd, I'm just open to the change because yeah. of the pros of it. Yeah, There's cons, but I chemistry is something that's really hard to be broken. Something mm-hmm. really has to fall through to break up chemistry. So I really believe that if it breaks apart, if the first line breaks apart, that they could be able to go back into things. I mean, you saw with the injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a time where I felt like everybody was out at the same time, but well, they were. 
<laughs> and it felt forever, but that's a whatever, last season. But they could go back to how they were and still be unmatched. But I think it's something to try just because you never know. And, of course, you never know the bad, you never know the good. But it's a very interesting take and something that I keep thinking about. Yeah, and I just want to get your opinion on this. So obviously, we're talking about the free agency and all that since it just happened a few days ago. What are your guys' opinions on the other big names? So, Bobrovsky going to Florida, Panarin. Colin Wilson only signed for a year, so I just want to throw that out there, too. I'm not (laughs) It's not even that I'm surprised that Bobrovsky and Panarin signed big contracts. It's more the fact that they split up. Because for a while, we were hearing that they were, wherever they were going, they were going together. Yeah. You know? And for them to go such separate directions. Obviously, Bobrovsky deserved the money that he got. Panarin... Not so much. the money that you got, whatever. (laughs) But it's just, it's going to be weird seeing them playing on separate teams. Yeah, I I agree, but... Panarin doesn't deserve to be be paid like Connor McDavid. No, No. I 110% agree with you, Abby. Artemi Panarin, he's good. I will give him that. Yes, he's very good. But not still good a Blackhawk, but <laughs> oh, once a Blackhawk, always a Blackhawk. Uh-huh. Except, except Ryan Hartman. Yeah, except Ryan Hartman. <laughs> Ryan Hartman. If you're listening, you're immune. <laughs> but how do you guys? How do you guys feel about Ryan Hartman going to Minnesota? I was now? so mad. I was so excited to be able to see him at the Winter Classic. I was like, yes, we'll see him more often. He's in the Central Division. I mean, he's still in the Central Division, but we're not going to be able to see him at the Winter Classic, and I'm really upset about that. Minnesota Predators. That's all. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> but you know who we will be seeing at the Winter Classic? Corey Perry. And Joe Pavelski. Can't wait. Ooh, there's going to be some serious <laughs> Perry's a sissy chance for sure. It's going to be fun. It definitely had a little extra spiciness with that one. Oh, definitely. It's going to be – I knew I knew the second that the Preds and, and Dallas like were paired to play in the first round of the playoffs that the Winter Classic was going to be a blowout. And it's going to be, it's going to be bad. And I'm, it's going to be dirty. It's going to be dirty. But I don't know. I'm trying not to think about it because I just want to be excited. I want to hope that the Preds win. Well, Spend that's a lot of question. money on this trip. Right. I, we're all going to Winter Classic. How excited are you guys? I mean, this is crazy. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. I like, I want it to be tomorrow. But I have to wait like six months. Yeah. And, I mean, everybody's <sighs> super hyped up about it. It's going to be the first one in I think it's really cool for us as young fans to be able to see the Preds go to their first Winter Classic. We've seen the first uh, Stanley Cup final run. Now we're seeing Winter Classic. I think it's really cool. F- I think it's really cool for us to really watch the Preds go- yeah. grow through all of this, and from the shutout to now too. I don't. It's just a lot, and I think it's really cool for us. Yeah, and I think I think a good amount of like, NHL fans are pretty happy about seeing different teams. <laughs> Um, Are you sure? You don't want to see the same six? No, I really wanted to see, like, the Blackhawks play the Blues or Boston play Philly. Like, that was, that was so all I wanted. Penguins Philly again? Penguins Philly. Like, That'd be such not? a new idea. Yeah, like, it's it's original. Like, let's just, let's, let's do it every time. That should be a yearly thing. But I was really, as much as I love that it's the Preds in Dallas, I wish it would have been Colorado. The Preds and the Avs, it's just, I don't know, I really like that matchup. I liked it in the first round last year. It was a hard-fought series. Colorado came out of the dust, but it was it'll be fun in Dallas, and I'm excited. 
So normally y'all know that we do a breakaway, so we're gonna switch things up a little bit now that it's the off season. If you haven't seen already on Breakaway Buttes or Twitter, there is a giveaway for a Ryan Johansson banner signed as well. So we wanted to give you guys the chance to get a second entry if you're listening. We are gonna give the code hashtag Robin. Whoever sends this code and DMs it to us and is also, re- also retweets the original tweet and follows us, you'll get a second entry into the giveaway. So yeah, go retweet and follow. And that is hashtag Robin, as in Red Robin, as in yum. (laughs) (laughs) That is Breakaway Beauties at B-R-E-A-K-A-W-A-Y-B-E-A-U-T-S. So just a few weeks ago, the Preds hosted the 2019 development camp. And as many of you might have seen on Twitter, Abigail, our very own Abigail Martin, got the chance to go behind the scenes a little bit and be a part of media. So, Abigail, why don't you tell everyone about your experience and what you learned in the process of being able to do that? Just talk about Afanasiev. <laughs> I mean, that's probably that's where I was going to end up as, but I was going to I was going to give it a little soft entry. Um I did I got to go I had the chance to go shadow Justin Bradford. I was handling handling audio in the locker room and really getting a chance for my own just to get behind the scenes. And we did um we did a recap video every after every practice session, so if you haven't, go check those out, and you can see some of my takes, as well as Justin Bradford's. Um, I can tell you one thing for sure, those boys smell awful. <laughs> that is the biggest note I can make. Um, definitely like some nose plugs or something, is something to invest in. But being part of the media, everybody was so nice. Everybody was so kind, generous, and really welcoming, which was really nice, because not gonna lie, I was a little nervous. I didn't really know anybody. I knew of them, but to be able to be introduced and be really taken in was super nice, going back in the locker rooms after sessions. Um, as far as the players go, just in the locker room, as I said, they smell, but that's expected. They're all very kind, and my biggest highlight in the locker room it was the very last day before Future Stars game. Matthew Olivier, We. Um, there was an interview going on and Matthew Olivier comes up with his own microphone and begins to interview different players. He's goofing around with the guys and he went to at least three different players. And that was a really, a lot of fun to get that inside look. Um, If you haven't seen the video, go watch it. It's a lot of fun. But my favorite prospect, okay, so I'm gonna start by saying Dante Fabro is the only player that I believe deserves the roster spot. Um, Tolvanen, would be your next high name, but I definitely think that he needs more time with the ads, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. We've seen a lot of change from him, and just him improving on his skating game is going to be a big focus in the transition. But Igor Afanasyev is by far my favorite prospect. Philip Tomasino was not hard to watch at all either, but there's something about Afanasyev's game. He is big. When I tell you he's big, I mean he's big. And <laughs> yeah, of course. And he has really, um, he's a playmaker and he's able to shoot as well. He has such a long shot and his transitions, he uses his body to protect the puck and he's a player that will go straight up to the crease and will wait to tip in a shot, either his own rebound or from a different player. Um, he does crouch whenever he skates. I noticed that at the Future Stars game, but I think that you give him time in Windsor, he's really gonna shine. If he doesn't, there's room for concern, but I believe that he's really going to shine while he's there, and he's eventually going to be wearing a gold jersey, and I'm probably going to get one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really cool to see, like, the tall guys that the Preds have as prospects, like in Yakim Kondalik and Igor Avanasiev, and it, I, I hate to compare them to this player, <laughs> but 
two Winnipeg Jets players, Bufflin and Myers. And, like, as you can see in their game, they are huge, but they use their height to their advantage. Mm-hmm. As, you, like, as you see, Bufflin is always in the front of the net. He's always making his presence known. And then Myers is a defenseman. He is using his body constantly. And that's something I noticed in both of those players is they don't let their height make it harder for them to play. Like, they right. use it to their advantage, and that was really good for me to see. Since I was only at the Future Stars games, that was all I could really go by, but I was really impressed by that. Yeah, just seeing the few days I got to go, just, like, practices, I noticed a lot of skill, and especially since this year the Preds had seven draft picks, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely insane, and they actually had a (laughs) first-rounder. I thought Tomasino was very good. Yes. Had a lot of skill. For a 17-year-old? For a 17-year-old, it's insane. Uh, I enjoyed Ethan Hader. I thought Mm -hmm. he was great in that. Alongside Lamachka, Westerholm, yeah, Westerholm, yeah. Ingram, all of them, I think the Preds have a very talented prospect pool for sure. And right. I think the future is very bright for these guys. It's right. giving depth. It's and something a depth that uh, the Preds haven't really seen. So that's going to be new as well to see how they're groomed and brought up. But another thing, two names that might go by: Ben Schulteis and Dylan Moulton. I absolutely adored watching the hometown boys just on the ice and in the locker room as well. Um, Extremely humble, and they really notice how hockey in Nashville has changed from when they were a kid and to where they are now, being invited to the Preds development camp. They were very kind, um, parents as well. It was really cool to see hometown guys, because, I mean, I've covered hockey games, high school hockey games, and to think that now they really have someone to look forward to as an invitee, like, that's that's a big thing and that they recognize how hockey and Nashville is changing. So it was really cool to be able to see them as well. And those are two names. Don't forget those two. Yeah, honestly, I enjoyed watching some hometown guys. Because obviously, when development, camp, when development comes around, you you don't see people from Nashville, right. really. Mm-mm. You see people from all over the world. It's all like over the world. Nolensville and Mount Juliet, I believe. So yeah. Yeah. not far at all. No. no. Like literally right across the road. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how much of an honor it is for them. Yeah. Like they've been watching the Preds as kids mm-hmm. and they've been Preds fans growing up and to be invited to Preds development camp and like knowing that that organization has noticed how good hockey players they are, that's huge for them. Yeah. I agree. Well, let's go ahead to end this podcast. We wanted to do some predictions for the upcoming season. We can do Preds. We'll do Preds predictions. We'll do Central Division and President's Trophy. So, who do you guys as where do you think the Preds will end up to end the season? And give me your most goals. Who has the most goals on the Preds to end the season? Personally, I think it'll be Arvidsson again. Okay. Um, I think Grimaldi will also be up there if he gets the chance to play a good good bit of games. Mm-hmm. Right. And closer to, like, 70s. Um, for division-wise... Uh, I could see in the top three. Um, Minnesota has gotten some guys. Winnipeg has lost some guys. They did get Anthony Potato, but you don't really want to talk about <laughs> that. Um, Anthony Potato, if you're listening, we want you back. <laughs> yeah, I I need you back. We miss you a lot. Um, but I I could say top three of Central. Okay. Um, President's Trophy wise, not the Preds. Not the Preds. Not the Preds. I don't, don't want it. I don't Preds. want it. Get it away. Yeah, I don't want the Preds to do it. Uh, let's see. I could see... 
I think Florida will make the playoffs. Hot take. You have to say, very interesting. I, I, they've made a lot of moves. Oh, they yeah, having Bobrovsky at the back end, that's going to be huge for them, um, especially with Luongo retiring. That was hard. Yeah. That was tough. I didn't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Luongo was starting to. Oh, yeah, he had that know. He had that injury for a couple yeah. years. He was – it was his time. Yeah. Um, I think Bobrovsky's going to be a good little revamp for the Florida, what Florida needs. Right. Don't think the Rangers are going to make the playoffs. That's my hot take. Um, after Jimmy VC going to one out. Um, honestly, I don't know who could win the President's Trophy. Okay. I think my top scorer is going to be Forsberg, unbiased. I think I really I want to see I want to see him and Artson fight it out, see who's going to top each other each year. And if they want to just flip flop who it is, that's fine. Do your thing. I'm here. But um, yeah, I have Forsberg goal scoring. Assist-wise, I wouldn't be surprised if Duchesne and Johansson fought it out in a good way. Um, that's I don't, a great way. Don't want to pull a blues, but that type of <laughs> finding it out. I mean, I guess if that's what it takes to win, sure, I don't care. But um, I I want to say I'm going to put Colorado up. That's where I was, I was going to put Colorado top of the central. I think every year they make different movements that really – help and benefit them as a team and it's on the down low and like they're they coming are, together they never make like big moves they just like make mm-hmm. little subtle moves here and there yeah and they're gonna be good I really think they're gonna do something big um I don't want to say where the Preds go because that that always scares me but one thing please for the love of God do not get the president's trophy I'm begging I think for my hot take I'm gonna say mm, never mind I was gonna say Tampa just goes crazy but go See, crazy Tam- go stupid <laughs> Tampa lost a lot of oh, a pretty decent amount of their good guys yeah they yeah. still Kucherov Kucherov could play on his own yeah and just I guess. win yeah, yeah that's that's where I'm held up at but mm, I don't know it's tough it's really tough I might come back I might tweet it okay. I need time to think <laughs> for mine I'm definitely as much as I want to say like the top scorer is like one of the Preds guys that they've had for a while I'm gonna say Duchesne okay I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's gonna come in and he's gonna take this organization by storm. Um, for Central Division, like I said, I'm gonna give it to Colorado. They are just too good. They're just too good right now. <laughs> um, President's Trophy. Honestly, I I I'd say Colorado could get there. Honestly, with with how good they are, I'd I'd give it to Colorado, and I wouldn't even be mad about it either. Yeah. Colin Wilson, you can come back. You have a year. Yeah, That's really. Fun. Abigail really wants you back. So if you're <laughs> listening, probably aren't, but if you are. <laughs> well, I think that's all for us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Breakaway Beauties. Don't forget to DM us the code that we said in the middle of the podcast to get your name in a second time for the Ryan Johansson signed President's Trophy banner. Um, we appreciate you guys. For sticking around for three long months and <laughs> listening to this podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope you guys enjoyed Tony X coming on, talking about the blues a little bit. But yeah, just thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. So I can learn how to love.